There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a new-ish podcast where myself, comedian, writer, and your friend, Dane Baptiste, and my producer friend, Howard Cohen. Hello. A.K.A. The Hizzer. And a mix of special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we're talking everything from humanity to cybernetics, from heaven to earth, from society to politics, religion. To how often should I cut my toenails? To how often, yeah. To, to <laughs> I'm not sure. To grooming. You, what do you... Uh, d- once a month enough well, well I guess once you can start to see like it go over your over toe over your toe that's it I think that's right, it okay, that's it when it's like you start getting you know because mm. I guess maybe we shouldn't get into this no well no <laughs> we, we can get into it we can get into it but let's, let's, let's do our, our guest due diligence first before we start talking all things toenails um, so hello listeners on today's show is a guest who is a UK based YouTube and social media star who's now gone global and speaks his mind keeps it real to over 11,000 subscribers on everything from football to politics and it's also a good homie of mine and being a great supporter and fellow creative it's Ransom Bantz yeah Boom. what's going on little studio clap uh, you're kind of used to it yeah clap <laughs> limited limited so, now it's, I want to I want to I want to uh, definitely give uh, add to the introduction the fact that uh, myself and Ransom Bantz have uh, got along very well I very much respect what he does and this is all inspired of the fact that you know being from opposite sides of uh, the River Thames Oh, from right. the northwest, myself from the Absolutely, southeast, yeah. and no, also which, which bit are you from? Northwest, east, southeast. So what, southeast. Bit, what, what bit exactly? I yeah. was in NW10, boy. Right, right. Yeah, in the building. Yeah, yeah right, NW10. Right. So you know, very obviously, postcode is very sensitive to people like ourselves. Yeah. Also, the fact that uh, I was raised in the Ghana household and he supports Man United, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, but we still, right. we still have, still have a good relationship. Mm. You know, so there's not as much of a rivalry anymore. Let's, let's you know, there facts. isn't. You know, there is not a rivalry. There's not a rivalry, but in fact, the, the, the moment the, the other hatred week. between fan bases are still there. Though. It's still there, it's but still it's, it's almost embarrassing though because I have my my I have my cousin and my cousin spent a lot of time in my house, so almost to the point where he's like a play brother, and he always supported Man United. And as we were growing up, there was an intense rivalry. Now he probably took mm-hmm. it more seriously than I did, like so far as Arsenal, to the point where getting into fist fights depending on how the matches would turn hmm. out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's how it got deep. It's it was intense. intense. It gets intense. I mean, there was a period of absolute hatred. Yeah, but yeah. then watching it when Arsene Wenger left and played Man United and we lost at Man United, uh, and they, they it was him, Mourinho and Ferguson on the pitch. It was like yeah. this yeah. end of it. That's the end of any yeah, idea. That is. That I guess, is. I guess uh, over, over all of it, I feel like it's like end of the day, like it's a job, and mm. there has to be some kind of mutual respect for that journey. Oh, yeah. In the same way that you know boxers, you're trying to mash up, yeah, break exactly. a man's jaw, and crack a man's jaw, you break his yeah. nose, and at the end of going those rounds, mm. they embrace because it's like you're just at that extreme, the, the extremities yeah, of human contact. You see a different side of someone, and you have a different level of respect. Yeah. For mm. someone, once you once you step in there and you leave it all in the ring, man, you do. Yeah. Time for the yeah. first question. Time for the first question. It's up to our special Rance, guest. Rance, yeah, yeah. So over to me. Customer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, since um, there's been quite a few mad things that have gone on today hmm. on Twitter. One with Ricky Gervais. Don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm, really. And another one with um, Piers Morgan. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this is you with nah not with me <laughs> yeah. just with people like and they've just got a recurring theme yeah so my question is especially to you Dana mm-hmm. how do you like your racism in the morning huh how, <laughs> how do you like your racism in the morning man because it's like it's like racism's like eggs bro like everyone yeah. likes it differently yeah. you know what I'm saying like I prefer I prefer that confederate southern american racism like yeah. where you know what you're gonna get from it do you know what i mean yeah, oh, sunny side face. up for sure yeah sunny side up. bro <laughs> sunny, sunny that's how i like my sure. racism do you know yeah, what yeah, i mean sure, I, i'm not sure. into this covert business i don't, I don't like i don't like the cobweb racism bro, but mm. that, that's you know, what the, we get in the, yeah, UK, in the uk a lot do you know what explain I mean? that to me so basically uh they say the cobweb in that you know you don't necessarily see it but then you be walking down the street and it starts coming over your face and you're like what the hell i didn't see that where'd i come from i thought this was a clean street I was in a safe place. And then, Have you trademarked this phrase or is this a common phrase? No, no? It's just, it's just a, it's a, this is a, a Dane phrase, but it's like, right. it's like cobwebs. And another way, like I said, so far as like uh, the racial climate in the US and the UK is that I can epitomize in one way where it's like in America, they go, what? Black people? Whereas in the UK, they go, what's black people? <laughs> we don't see colour What? Here. Yeah, what? 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 <laughs> What black people? Surely class breeds more than race. And we're very polite about being very racist. Polite. And people and people underestimate. They invented it ultimately. Yeah, yeah. The, they did. The, they did. Uh, white they did. British people invented it so well. And this is the thing that people forget as well: is that you, the, the, the England and its grasp of racism is so powerful that they sent other white people mm. to a prison colony because they were beneath them. That's Australia now, <laughs> and another yep. prison colony, and you know for indentured servitude that's now america that is how racist the uk is is that they saw other white people beneath them Mm. and sent them away because remember it was no blacks no dogs no irish now until you hear someone open their mouth you're not going to be able to make an immediate distinction between someone of celtic and anglo-saxon ancestry but they know enough that they can knew the irish were less than they were you know I mean, you know, being someone who's uh, grew up in a Jewish household, yep. you are well aware. The Jews that weren't on anti- that list, yeah, exactly. For whatever reason, <laughs> well, not yet. But then, anti-Semitism is still rife in the UK as well. Yeah. And then for me, like, I always had this idea that racism in the UK was this dichotomy of black and white. But you know, mm. Romani gypsies, yeah, Irish mm. travellers, like you know, like I said, Jewish, mm. the Jewish as well, because well, like, the gammon. Scot- are you talking about partly this gammon thing that was on? Twitter today. Have you been seeing this thing where like I heard of I it, didn't but see I, I that. About... the only thing that I saw related to Gammon was Boris Johnson. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that, that. That's kind of how it started. It was the idea that people were calling it like it, the, the word racist. I mean, it, it, it like in that sense, obviously being a gammon-looking type of person, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a race of people, but it's, not... it's based on their yeah. uh, person. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's linked. Ah. It's a linked insult, isn't it? But mm. uh, I don't think those people have that much to, to worry about, probably. Uh, no, 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 they've really. got nothing to worry about. But yeah, no, I, de- I definitely like I definitely like my uh, racism to my face and, and, and clear, clear and present danger. Absolutely. But do you think there's a, a, a surge... In, in in overt like racism at the moment, or, or I don't think so. I because think... a lot of people have referenced that with with the dickhead that's in charge of America. Yeah, that's I, I, I think I think there I think there has been in, in terms America, of that, in America, yes, but I think in the UK. No, I think there has been. I think that I, I don't I, think. But there's it's not been actually a surge. Not, I think I think there's been a surge. Person. I think there's been a surge in terms of like. Uh, the uh, volume or the people quantity of people are racist to be or being emboldened. Their views mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more public. been a question of the recipients of uh, racial rhetoric now has broadened. Right. That's what I said in, so in my show is that as our pockets have become lighter in the kind of advent of austerity, so has the shade of our enemies. Right. So there's a time where it was very easy for us to be like, ah, oh, well, they're black and they're Asian. So these are the, these are the mm. focal points of our hatred. But now, you know, when you have the discussion about like immigration, 
then immigrant is now the new word for, for nigger and packy because when they talk mm, about immigration yeah. no one's talking about people from continental Europe no one's talking about Antipodeans that are living here no. and to be under the supposition that every single yeah, Antipodean they're not talking about the Aussies the yeah, South Africans yeah, yeah, they're not, not talking, talking about, about them. them they're not talking about them mm. so that's that's what the word immigrant has it works I was, for I was talking to someone about this the other day because I was, I was talking about where I grew up in, I grew up in Ilford and like there was a period when my parents moved there where it was like hey move to this area mm-hmm. you'll have a nice place to raise your kids and then there was like issues that occurred because my, my brothers were a lot older than me. So I, I, but I, they'd been there like 15 years by the time I was born or mm. 20 years by the time I, I was old enough to really go out and get into trouble. Yeah. And there were these changes that were occurring that were based upon an uh, upsurge in different ethnic groups coming to that area. Yeah. And I look back on it now and think like, well, why did that create a problem? Like, why was that such a weird thing? Like, it has to be like a part of the the way the recipient, the people who were already yeah, yeah. there, responded to people coming to that area. Well, I mean, it's largely a learned behaviour anyway. That um, Because the thing is, like, I mean, so much of it is done. See, the thing with racism is another thing I like it in my face as well because... But then now it's like I, I, I have to be, I have to be aware that a lot of it is done to suggestibility. Because mm-hmm. for a start, like, for me, to this day, getting my head round the... Uh, wave of islamophobia that we now experience in the uk post let's say 2003 invasion of iraq yeah mm. these are not like a this is not a new influx of a of a muslim population no. they've been here for years like mm. edgeware it's not like all of a sudden edgeware road has changed yeah they've been here for years it's for only years. now they're just starting to get it but now I mean? but now yeah but now it's like all of a sudden people think like you know place like oldham place like I, I my family are from huddersfield like enormous sikh population mm. next to bradford enormous pakistani population yeah so for, it's been there for years so all of a sudden now, people are like, there's too many Muslims here. It's like, but you've been going to, you know, you've been enjoying textiles. You've been enjoying, go, you've been enjoying the shops being open on a Sunday. You've been enjoying mm. the availability of like sh- businesses being available yeah. outside of Judeo-Christian holidays mm. or the calendar. And no one cared. Yeah. And then you're on the way home, pissed yeah. on a Saturday night and you go into your Turkish shop for your kebab. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then get in your minicab. And, yeah. and, and even the argument is this idea about, oh, but they just congregate amongst themselves and they won't, they won't integrate. Uh, excuse me, have you heard of Chinatown? Mm. <laughs> that, that's, that's, or go and look at the yeah. English people that take over bits of Spain. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And don't, or exactly yeah. serve in Paella. Go, yeah, go to, go, go to the don't speak the language exactly, and, and they don't, don't integrate. And just yeah. add to that insult, they, they're calling these places Irish pubs. You didn't even like let Irish people in your pubs. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're in other countries and like, a lot of the Iberian and Irish populations are there because they probably didn't get opportunities in the UK now they're yeah. there now you want to go to their mm. bars as well or you know you look at somewhere like you know Hong Kong or Shanghai yeah, where, yeah. or Singapore where you know these are, these are all like kind of like expat like kind of I suppose like oases yeah. which is perfect for them as well it's like and it's even like I remember doing shows in uh, Dubai to an expat crowd and some of the comics are talking about like you know the Queen and you know Prince Philip and you can see people like getting very inspirited with a sense of like community like of sense yeah. of like nationalism and like yeah, god save the queen i'm like home, and they're like yeah i'm like yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. So it's like god save the queen well why are you in a tax haven then mm. if you're if yeah. you're this patriotic and i in and very recently in a discussion i had on twitter where we you get Brexit, into this on twitter though. i get Dane a lot gets yeah into i get into this a lot on twitter. on twitter number one because i feel like we live in a time where like when we're talking about like racism and, and opinions mm. like i really want to remind people that being on social media does not give an opinion any more gravity than it would have had if you read that same slur in a bathroom toilet. Yeah. Because before Twitter, 
when you saw like people putting SWAT stickers or people like making like uh, yeah. horrible racial slurs or you know trolling people or like sh- sexually mm. shaming people, yeah. That's where you saw it. Like the sex yeah, shaming, yeah. sex the equivalent of sex shaming before social media was for a good time. Call this person because they suck dick. Yeah, and it would be someone's phone number. number, number wall, that, that, yeah. That's how you used to slut shame. Or yeah. if you wanted to say you had something racist, or you'd put NF or BMP. Any you remember you'd be on the back of a bus, or yeah, you'd be on a park bench, or it. on a school desk. These you'd be on the back trolls, of the seat. Yeah, be back of the seat. Yeah, yeah. It, it was always the that power of anonymity is what mm. people use. Now we live in a place where again people can assume a uh, an avatar or, or a, a anonymous identity, or, or, and they can continue to espouse these views. But because they appear in the represented in terms of data in this way we give it a lot more kind of gravity than we ever used to give it. Mm. Like, if anyone spoke like Katie Hopkins on a bus, as kids, you would laugh and be like, it's crazy flat. Yeah, they'd be bitch. like, yeah, What's it's not her, case man? at like, the back of the bus. Oh, my goodness, man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, you'd be like, you're laughing and stuff. You'd start throwing air, like throwing space raiders at her. Did you get involved on the Twitter with the racist, the, the kind of these guys who yeah, just I, trying to get... Yeah, absolutely, but it depends with me, innit? Because I come from, like, I fight in it casually and I, like, do MMA and stuff. and I get wound up. Like, the thing is, I'm... I get to the point where, like, I say my piece, and then when I get to a point where I feel like this is not sinking in, I just want to fight you. Like, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you know this what I mean? It. I'm done. I just want to fight. Was, 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 like, if you were this strong about it, we could just take this yeah, outside. Yeah, like, I just want to fight. Like, if you really care, uh, if you care enough, yeah, then you'll, you'll fight, bro. And, and it's, it's, if you care, and <laughs> see, this is <laughs> like, the yeah. interesting thing is, like, mm. when we're talking about these people, like, who, like, this community we're talking about, like, incel, yeah, you yeah. know, or, or, like, or, or, like, menace and stuff, it's like, oh, this, this, this. It's like, oh, well, the best way for you to dis- display your heteronormative masculinity is like come on fight then nah, that used to be mm. the noble way to yeah. swear it out yeah you just like, fight you step but outside because you're what you put, like, put up online yeah. you've definitely got some political edges you know stuff going on there yeah absolutely. so like that, that's obviously caught in yeah that's asking for people to respond though yeah, not in, really. In, 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 with, with the nature of, of social of course of, yeah. people are always going to yeah, respond gonna, no, but my thing respond. is yeah you can respond yeah that's cool yeah you know I'm saying you can respond but as soon as you start talking absolute crap and you get some mm. people where it's like people start throwing around figures, but where did you get your figures from? Like out your ass. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. these people come up, if you don't have any facts for me, I don't want to hear it. Do you mm, know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I don't go online and just post my opinion on shit. Like if I don't have facts, I'm not putting my neck on a chopping board. Because when you put videos out and you put yourself in a public domain, mm. you're already there to be shot at. Yeah, so yeah, if you do not have facts and yeah. it's all an opinion piece, then what's the point? Yeah, you know what and I'm that opinion is going to be based yeah. on a tiny yeah. speck of this country. Well, there you go. What's your opinion yeah, exactly. based on? And, and then you've got other opinions. Exactly. And it's the thing about arguing in general is that a lot of arguments are rooted in ego and people's dissonance. And mm. so they can argue stuff from their reality that suits them anyway. So it's really the only way you're going to win a debate is with the presentation of facts. Well, there you but go. But a lot of these people, you can't really necessarily but deal in, with facts. In because this day and age, like if you hear something enough or say something enough, it just becomes a fact. We live, I mean? we live in a That's time where alternate facts was uttered <laughs> by, you know, this, you know, presidency or yeah. this, uh, cabinet, so to speak. And it's been allowed into like regular lexicon. It is. Yeah. If you hear so now, something now enough in say, the mainstream media, it just becomes a fact. Like Piers Morgan was on TV today. It, and they call it alternate facts. What was he, yeah. what was he saying? He was on TV today and he basically said, yeah, that you've only got to worry about stop and search if you're carrying something. And basically said the majority, like he threw out a percentage that was, wasn't accurate. We're saying that the people stabbing each other and killing each other are black males, whatever. So it's only right that the police should stop and search these people because the people that perpetrate look like these people. Yeah. And I was just like, hold on. So you're actually you're actually glorifying racial profiling and shit like that on television. Mm. 
Mm. My man's getting away with that kind of bullshit. And it's in the bite and by being on TV, then the statement becomes legitimized because he exists in a paradigm where it's like, because you know people have been so, I guess, brainwashed that we are at a point where people will pay for energy because they feel that that's something that's created, mm. and then they think that news is a force of nature because they're just reporting on on facts. Mm. When it's the opposite is true, but it doesn't have to be news to be televised. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you've got idiots like him going out there and spewing this drivel and then you're getting people actually agreeing with him and I'm just scratching my head. And they agree with him because it's their reality because he doesn't have to present facts but he says that and he's in a position whereby yeah. it appears because you're a pundit on a daytime TV show people that is, that people can't even conceptualise that there'd be an agenda involved in what you're saying. Like this fuck is probably trying to sell a book. But then, the, and this is, somebody, this is somebody who remember lost his job based mm. on the size of the lies he was telling yeah that's yeah. how Piers Morgan lost his job people forget the magnitude of a lie Crazy, which could which potentially intensified hostilities between two superpowers mm. and then he went superpower. to America got more work then came back here and got more work people mm. talk, talking about all this crime and all this nonsense and it's funny because what is it at the races the last couple races yeah. they're big bros you know so white booty, guys booty, booty kicking each other's face. heads in you know like ladies day is like the most bro is an oxymoron <laughs> really <laughs> Have you if you go see ladies they go at the races and see how people behave at these things? Wow! And then rip, people take, ripping off, off their race, top, off shirts, race tops, and people, like, people <laughs> getting kicking each other floor. in the head. Yeah. I'm telling you, white guys stamping on each other's heads. That's yeah. not making the news. No one's talking about how uncivilized these white people are, man, and how you can't take them anywhere. Well, stabbings in, stabbing in Scotland it, happen with the same amount of energy that they happen in London. Even, number one, even higher. Yeah, or even even higher in some cases. Mm. You know, that's that's one. And that's what's mad because like. My friend used to play for West Ham and I remember like the night before the derby with Chelsea, I went up to Upton Park with him. And bro, like they were boarding up all of the windows. Yep. Everything like mm. that because that goes off. You see West Ham, Millwall and all them games. These are white men, you know. Yeah, so I found about a, white, a Millwall a, brick. A man are dying. Yeah, yeah. man are dying, you know. Die, Every yeah. time these games are there, people are getting yeah, cut or, with bottles yeah. and bleeding out people Chelsea, getting stabbed Chelsea smile that was a that was a yeah, yeah, yeah. you remember what that these was? men are getting yeah, yeah. killed yeah. but violence and this violence isn't anymore, associated so. with these white men for some reason yeah do you know what I'm saying and I'd who would have thought it's, it's all about yeah, it's a it's media it's, narrative at the end of the day violence is just is just human behaviour yeah yeah Serious question. We haven't had a serious question yet, Dan. That was a serious question. Yeah, yeah. man. That's good, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's, we, it's good we, want, we want to be able to mix it up. We like have that. to mix yeah. it up. We need, we, and we need to discuss it, man. Because I feel the problem is now, especially in the wake of like the recent Kanye comments and that kind of mm. thing as well, is that mm. this idea like that now we are persecuting victims or we're ridiculing people who are commenting on their oppression or commenting on their isolation or marginalization. Mm. They'll stop being a victim. What? You know, yeah. When, I mean, when did this when did this become a thing? <laughs> so now, so now we are ratifying the act of oppression then in our narrative and saying stop, stop being a victim, mm. and, and you know, so oh, stop talking about. It. So, so because we've got to the point where the oppressor has become, you know, we're now by holographic principle mimicking, you know, this alt right mm. platitude where it's like, not only do I want to oppress you, but you're not even allowed to talk about it, mm. and and people are, and and people, and, are, people are going to acquiesce to this idea. About stop being a victim. And that comes back to the, the thing that just hit, you know, every time a conversation like this, I hear it or see it or listen to it, I just I just think people have to listen to each other more. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, they, one element that doesn't seem to happen enough is like, they've, they've already worked out what their response is yeah. before this person has finished what they're going to yeah, say. 
Man, serious. But I don't know how I can follow that with any kind of question, really. But just believe in yourself. That's the real talk. thing is we listen yeah. to each other. That's the like, as you said. So. I, do, I just noticed that so much, and you know, no matter what side people are coming from, I just think like try and trying to hear. Take take that thing they said, put it in your brain, and see. Just mix it up a little bit because that doesn't seem to happen enough, in my opinion, on yeah. all sides. Like that's yeah. that, that, that's definitely uh, seems to be the case in my world, anyway. Um, should I ask a question, Dane? Yeah. Should I, should, should I try and slightly more? No, no. Ask the question you want to ask, no, man. Slightly more. I, I don't worry. If it, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask a, a, a lot, a, a, a very, a much easier question to, for people to stomach. Yeah. Okay. I suppose, but then uh, we can go off a tangent there too. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask a film question. Cool, because that that a slightly not stupid question, not serious question, somewhere in the middle. Because mm-hmm. I was watching um, that last Alien film. You see the last Alien film, uh, Covenant. Yeah, but oh. I feel like I saw that a bit too long ago. Yeah, and it was a weird. Yes, but you don't really remember it because it's That's not even it. that. It's not even that memorable. Yeah, but I was thinking about how weird a, a weird a bad guy uh, the aliens are because, like, you never they never <laughs> they right. never say anything. Yeah, you know, but they're like this iconic bad guy. Yeah. So then I was gonna say, in your all of the films you've ever watched, yeah. Who's the best bad guy? Who's your or who's your favorite bad guy? Oh, that's easy for me. <laughs> it's easy for me because my favorite film Scarface, isn't it? Uh, so uh, so you saying that so he's my favorite bad guy? You saying Tony Montana's a, a bad guy? He's definitely a bad guy. But you you know need what I mean? Like you that, need so you people like me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He's a <laughs> bad guy, <laughs> man. <laughs> I love Tony Montana, iconic, man. Iconic. He is literally like. He's the guy, man. Mm. He's just amazing. Mm. You know what I mean, there's nothing more liberating than just not giving a fuck, man. And that's just him in a nutshell. Mm. Do you know I mean, what I mean? That, he that... killed his best friend, bro. And he didn't give a shit. And, well, he did, until it was too late. But, yeah. that is the <laughs> but at the time, he yeah. did it like, boom! Interesting yeah. film because the, you're saying the bad guy is the lead character. He's the, he's yeah. the hero in a way yeah. as, be, as still being the bad guy, which is a, a rare thing in a film. Yeah. Like, it's, usually, it's, it's usually he'd be up against someone. Yeah, It's amazing, though, because... Even though he's the bad guy, what he symbolizes is hope, and do you know what I mean? Like coming from where he come from and then building a lifestyle, pursuing dreams. Exactly. So even though that was the tagline of the the film, wasn't it? You you love love the American dream with a vengeance. Oh, and it's the balloon, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. The world is yours. The world is yours, yours. yours. and that's what I'm saying. So it was a positive message, but like the way they mixed the narrative, and he was the bad guy. Do you know what I'm mm. saying? It was sick, man. Like that's for me. That that I think that'll always be my favorite film, man. I mean, I I recommend checking out. There's a documentary you can find it on the internet about the director of that guy called Brian De Palma. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this to you before, yeah. Dave. He talks about making Scarface, and he talks about how they tried to get the chainsaw scene taken out. Oh, that was horrible. They tried the to get it taken out, and he was like, "No, it's." And I'm not. He's like, "I'm not even showing you anything. Yeah. You never actually yeah. see anything in that." Yeah, um, exactly. oh. But that film's well worth checking out because you know obviously the big. Uh, uh, sorry, to ruin Brandon Palmer was the director, and then Oliver Stone wrote it, right? Yeah, I think maybe yeah. Because I remember because Oliver Stone was saying because obviously it's a remake based on mm. uh, older film what about. Film uh, it's called Scarface World, yeah, it based, cool. based based on a uh, Al Capone. 
Right, yeah, yeah. So then he kind of took it and did the whole thing with the Miami and stuff like that. But because a lot of people argue that that whole thing is uh, very uh, Shakespearean as well. Mm. Mm. So yeah. yeah, oh, massive Fate. rise and fall. Like a, yeah. So almost like a like a remake of Macbeth. Yeah, yeah like with a wife and yeah, the cool yeah, kid. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, there you go. But yeah, the, the, yeah. the thing in that film, like I say, is, well, you might not know all of this guy's films, by the way. He made Carrie, which is a famous horror movie, obviously. Yep. But, like, he made some, you know, some the Untouchables. I don't know if you've seen that. With yep, Costner and De Niro, yep. which was a slightly cheesy now looking. Back on it, the, yeah. the, the <laughs> yeah. late, late 80s, early 90s, like gangster film, which like, Garcia was in as well. And Andy Garcia, Andy Garcia is in there, yeah, yeah. and he's, Sean Connery, he's and Robert De Niro. Yeah, that's a fucking bad boy lineup. It's it's a it's a good lineup. Yeah. But um, he's an interesting director, he's an interesting character. It's basically just an interview of him and loads of footage over it. His mm. interview, basically. But he was saying, I think it's is it Spielberg that comes along to the, the final, or, or someone amazing comes along to the the final scene to help him direct that. And that shoot to film that last scene and the big fight at the end mm. took like ridiculous amount of time to do. Like worth ridiculous. every minute. It is no, worth isn't it? It's minute. like one of the most unbelievable. If I had a choice in how I would die or get married, it's the final scene of Scarface. <laughs> Bro, the final scene of Scarface is so sick. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, so many men come for him, man. He was just one man wrecking me. Fuck so, man! Doing a bullet that could kill me, man! And then he's he's chatting shit and shooting at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were mounted. Come on, man! Yeah, man. Come on, man! Boom! You know what you're fucking with? You're fucking with the best, man. I mean, Iconic. it. Iconic. <laughs> about, as well, it's interesting though. You call him a bad guy in a way because, like, mm. I think there's a point where he becomes a bad guy in that film in Scarface. Mm. Like, he had good intentions while, at the beginning. Say, for a while, he's like bad, but you're kind of with him, and yeah. then he starts. He kills not his. He kills his old Frank, boss, Frank, Lo- Frank Lopez. Frank Lopez. Lopez. You know that. something, Frank? You're the piece of J. Tony, Tony, what did you talking about? Yeah. Do you know exactly what I'm talking about? Do you know what a hassa is, Frank? Donnie, please. <laughs> it's the way he falls on the floor. It's Donnie. the way he falls Donnie. on the floor. Donnie, please. I never did nothing to nobody. Donnie. <laughs> Donnie, please, if you let me go, I get out of your way. I get out of here, Donnie. You'll never see me again. <laughs> Evita! Do you want Evita? Donnie, please. I never did nothing to nobody. Please, Donnie. I never did nothing to nobody. I never did nothing to nobody. Please, Donnie. Donnie, no! Get off me, Dane man. will I'm be doing a one-man. I'm not going to kill you, man. Thank you. Thank you. My love, to this piece of J. No, no. What about Ernie? Hey, Ernie, <laughs> do you want a job? Sure thing, Donnie. Okay, then you give me a call in the morning, man. Iconic. <laughs> Bro, I'm Amazing. telling the you. The one, one-man show Love that it. Dane's going to do. He was a bad boy. I think he was a bad boy from the beginning, but oh, you could yeah. see in his eyes, you know what I mean? Even when he was working the shit jobs and he was, I'm washing the dishes, yeah, and that, yeah. you could see that. He was like, yo, I'm above this, man. Fuck this. Of course. You know what I mean, he knew, he knew his intentions and he just had a drive and he just had mm. a focus and he didn't give a shit who he took out. For sure. Before I ask Dane what his favourite back... Like, the, do you feel Carlito's way links up with Scarface? Because that was always the For thing, sure. wasn't it? But I, I don't know if it... I still don't know if I like to bring those two characters into one. Like, nah. It doesn't feel like... Because they've no. always said that, haven't they? Like, if he'd have, yeah. if he'd have survived mean, or if he There he'd is have... a congruence in terms of the aesthetic of those guys because they're essentially both... Uh, not white, but they're they're not they're non-white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, mm, and a lot of time mm. in films by De Palma or Scorsese, it's about anyone who's outside of that, uh, you know, the ideal being the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant chasing the American dream, mm. and you get a lot of these people that exchange a lot of racial slurs between themselves, yeah. but essentially they're all working together for the pursuit for the capitalist pursuit, mm. and even in the casinos, another one as well where you know, yep. you know, uh, Pesci, Rothstein, and Pesci, Pesci playing Italian and stuff as well. That is the pen. 
But yeah, but it, yeah, it would depend. Yeah, and, but the great, but the crazy thing is, like every single one of these guys are very similar because another part of their aesthetic of the of the uh, capitalist dream is that they all either have a Celtic or Anglo-Saxon Protestant wife. Mm. Yep, from Miguel Corleone in yeah. Godfather, yeah, yeah. and uh, Scarface with uh, with Elvira, yeah, and then even um, Ginger in a casino, right? Yeah, and then who's uh, mm. the other one? And then Carlito's way as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because to them it's like you know because these are like that's essentially trophy, all, all yeah. immigrants. That's yeah. their trophy that they're all mm. aspiring to. And a, a woman that has a very similar physique. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't recommend that De Palma documentary enough to you because, like, it, it, he talks about making uh, Pacino run because you know oh, there's a sequence where he's running for the train, and oh, there's yeah. a sequence he talks about. I, I'll, I'll, I'll ruin it with explain. But he, he he makes Pacino run so much that Pacino just gets on this train and just goes home. This this how you beat your fifteen years. <laughs> Look at me, Carlito. Okay? <laughs> I'm sitting in fucking diapers, man. I can't walk. I can't hold. Then why don't you just kill me, you cocksucker? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mortensen's like Fucking weird. Like, that. Her nails that roll. He nails oh, that roll. Oh, and he looks slick. <laughs> yeah, he looks amazing. La Ling, that's how you beat your fucking 15 years. Look at me, Carlito. I'm sorry, man. I was going to give you a single. And Pachanga's like, what's going on in here, man? Yeah. This guy's a fucking cheaper, man. Why don't you just kill me then, you cock, so cock. <laughs> amazing. Think about the, the amount of texture you get and the flavour you get of, 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 of Pacino as that bad guy. And it's like I said, comparing it to Alien, it's a weird, but you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing. Isn't it, it's just a strange thing in sci-fi. You can get away with just having these like well, the thing about Alien, voiceless yeah. monsters. Yeah, that man just exactly. kill you, innit? Well, yeah. yeah, voiceless thing, monsters. Well, the mad thing about Alien mm. as well is that they... um. Because when you think about it, like there's, there's not necessarily, uh, even though they're violent and they're so mm. murderous, mm. but it's, there's no real belligerence there because no. there's a force of nature. Because the xenomorphs, it's job, isn't it? Yeah. they fought, there's, apparently the xenomorph life cycle mm. is a species of wasp. Right. Uh, who's yours, Dane? Who, if you had to pick one. Oh, it's a uh, tough it's, question. It's a really tough question. I can tell you, I can tell you who I, I've been thinking about because, because yeah, I, yeah, I, tell ended me. Up, I ended up having one of those moments where someone brought up a film and I thought, oh, you know what, wife's gone to bed, I'm going to. I'm going to watch it. And then I watched it without remembering that it had one of the most iconic bad guys ever, which is tarnished now, sadly, which is which is Seven. Kevin Spacey's yeah. murderer oh, in Seven yeah, 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 is yeah, yeah. absolutely good, good. the moment. What's amazed one. me about that, and I'm getting like Cold. shivers thinking yeah, about yeah, it, is that you watch all of those horrible things, this horror, like they build up the idea of this yeah. guy. And then he just walks into the, remember he walks into the uh, police station covered in blood. Yeah. Just, and they don't he says inspector and then he's inspector and it's just this amazing moment yeah. where he hands himself in but now Kevin Spacey you fucked up because yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you're a much fuck- worse villain in real life Kevin yeah well it just yeah. fucked up people oh, fuck man. up their 
um, legacy. Yeah, but still, sure. you know what? Bad guy in real life on the screen like that performance. Yeah, that was amazing. Really that good. is unbelievable. The that's whole a, sequence one, in the man. car with Morgan Freeman in the car, and he's and, and that and, film is actually a classic. I haven't seen yeah, it in so long. Really but, do you know what? It's one of those films that I always think is like a, a, a DVD era film. Like yeah, loads of people oh, got it. Yeah, on like DVD. at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get rid of your DVDs because no one want, no one wants like yeah, yeah, all yeah. these DVDs anymore because we don't really need them anymore. And uh, well, unless they're special to you in some yeah. way, but like Seven's not like yeah. It's like when you used to get them Seagal movies and that. yeah, like, <laughs> it's mad. It's Free mad. Though. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's mad though. When that film came out, I feel like yeah, I didn't realize how good it was. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Because so at that what time, I felt like it? in that era, I feel like so many good films were coming out so close together oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we just didn't appreciate how good certain films or, or are. the yeah. frequency that we were being able to watch them. Yeah, like maybe films yeah. like VHS was like a slower burn for oh, once, God, yeah. Pir- once pir- the late nineties. Pirate cassette was not. A lot of tracking was involved in that man. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah, there, was, yeah. there wasn't really this uh, economy of like DVDs and stuff. And and it, it was the availability of like I think with DVDs kind of reached the apex around the time where you could start burning them yourselves. And, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, really, oh, always still have got that. those sitting around. Oh god, yeah, for sure. Dodgy, dodgy DVDs. So yeah, mine's Kevin Spacey in Seven. Oh, that's, that's like and we got good. Scarface. Really so you got a lot to live up to. Then you can take oh, a second. It's hard though. It's very hard because yeah. um, there's so many. There's so many. I, I'd say okay because the thing is. I just, I've probably seen better uh, better villains in literature but I'd say off the top of my head now just at the forefront of my mind a good villain would be Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards great shout oh as, as my a, god the Nazi hunter. shout he was really he was so well. good he was so good in that it, so it, good in it, that it's the kind of performance that you, you, you he almost made his entire like, I know he'd obviously yeah, been an actor before by his whole that. career in it yeah yeah whole career so good of how hor- like sinister yeah. without even being menace. And that's the best way. If you can maintain that air of menace mm. without even having to be violent or raise your voice and it's just that calculating intelligence. You see it very rarely like, and the only time I've seen it to that level there's um, The Crimson King in The Dark Tower by Stephen King right. mm. and um, The Allfather in the Garth Ennis's uh, Preacher. Right, and graphic right. novels like that's when I've ever seen like villains that bad. And it's but, obviously a different f- flavor in yeah, graphic yeah. novels, but it was, but it, yeah, it, it was that was. But yeah. as a yeah, I mean that because it's interesting, isn't it? Thinking of his trajectory in that film, yeah, it's not like a a, a clear narrative with him driving but, the whole film but anyway. But he does it so well as that as that primary antagonist. He does it so well because it's like do you know there's like a there's a real sense of realism to the sinister and, and the menace and the calculation and mm. the fact that you know there's a lot of time the archetypal antagonist might be bumbling and like mm. egotistical and like brash you know like as you see with like I guess if you see how Trump the theatrics of Trump in like you mm. know politics mm. however like even at a point where he realised the tide was turning against the Axis forces and began the machinations in order to get himself safe and across the border and you mm. know actively collaborate with the allied forces and still preserve himself despite being responsible for all these atrocities man and that to me that mm. just typifies just how far like you know how real more realistic displays of what you might refer to as evil mm. um well it was obviously portraying something that yeah compared to very, but someone must be found very similar because like, it's like even now you're like you know there's been documentaries on they've done documentaries on like the Khmer Rouge and stuff like that and mm. there's people that still were a part of that who are still alive now? Or yeah. Idi Amin mm. used to feed people to crocodiles, but he lived out his days in um, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. yeah boy. you know. So it's like you know, it's it's just. Um, but it's interesting that the Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards, in my mind, begins to blur with him in Django. Yeah, like because it was <laughs> such a close time. Wasn't it? Was that back to back Tarantino um, films? I guess. Yes, it, it, no, it was close. Yeah, back to back Tarantino, but between that, he did also did the Green Hornet. Yeah, uh, okay. Did a remake of the Green yeah. Hornet with yeah. Seth yeah. Rogen, Tar- which Tar- we Tar- not Tar- remember as, as yeah, much. Yeah. 
But Tarantino, but Tarantino, I mean, he was he's he spoke about he was doing a lot of work on like the spaghetti westerns. But has it been two so far? Yeah, it's Django and then uh, the other one, uh, uh, something eight. Um, what's yeah, it called? The, um, Hateful Eight. I think. Hateful, Hateful Eight. eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one more. I think he said he's doing right. The spaghetti westerns kind of thing. All in. No, that was a no. no. Very good film. Very good film. Right. But yeah, Christoph Waltz that, especially that first scene. When, uh, when they're in the basement yeah oh it's oh. amazing tension and it shows you know Tarantino like a guy that people used to be like oh he just uses too much violence and stuff not even a spill of drop of blood no in blood. that first yeah that no. first thing but that, like I say the trajectory of that character in that film yeah. is like it's, it's a weird film in that sense because obviously it's different plots going on at different times yeah. where it's like you kind of think about Pulp Fiction and I don't know it still to me feels like that's in a uh, weird isn't it actually because that's they, his films do work in a way that we, there's not one person driving the story yeah and there never yeah, is there's always say, different yeah. also, have to make very different guys yeah, yeah very uh, distinct uh, subplots on the like there and ain't stuff too as well. many bad guys in Pulp Fiction who's the bad guy in Pulp Fiction that's a who's it well, see, again but see, Pulp Fiction is <laughs> an interesting one because it's open to interpretation because it's, yeah. it's yeah. supposed to appear like a stage play because there's only one re-precinct in the mm. hideout and people exit in and enter in stage left and right. Mm. So but I think that's good that about changed. films. Though. But I, I guess I'd say Mr. B- is Mr. Blonde would be the uh, I guess would be the in Reservoir Dogs. In Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Mm, and then yeah. in Pulp Fiction, I guess you'd say the. Uh, I mean, you could argue it'd be like Zed. Or I, I think I think Tim Roth is is a pretty bad guy in it in some yeah, ways. Yeah. But, but I think that's a good thing about Pulp Fiction is that the idea is that it's subverting these ideas of like yeah. protagonist and antagonist, and, yeah. and even Scarface to an extent is like pioneering more the anti-hero as opposed yeah. to like. That's the villain. It, then the villain, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So he he would have been is the, the yeah, bad he wasn't, guy. But he wasn't a direct villain, like yeah, opposing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like even your Macbeth main a, good guy, exactly. Yeah, because even Macbeth is the titular character of the play, but yeah. his acts initially are you know very violent and duplicitous, yeah. and then mm. you know, but he's obviously dealing with conflict and shit as well, like Scarface. I bet there's a lot of good ones that we haven't mentioned. We should get the people on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah send definitely. Us, send us their best bad guys. Lots of people go Darth Vader, but ultimately. That's it's so. Nah, yeah, it's but Darth Vader was kind of shit. Like I liked yeah. um, Javier um, Bardem in um, Skyfall. Like uh, or Javier Bardem oh, in uh, No, no Country for Old Men. Well. He's well. just a great actor. Like yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like Bond that. villains, and I think he's one of my favorite ones. Like he was yeah. just mm. Christoph Olsen Spectre as well. That's how he's well, just yeah. an amazing actor. Like yeah, you know is, what I yeah. mean? There's some people that just do the bad guy very mm. well. I think he's another good bad guy. Sounds funny, but Freezer from Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freezer yeah. from Dragon Ball Freezer. is a good villain. Oh, no he's a good villain. Yeah, Freezer was cruddy, but Freezer's, he had the banter as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, man. He's, but he's what, unrepentantly <laughs> evil, man. Bringing it full circle back to Scarface, uh, Michael B. Jordan in. That's uh, it, Killmonger. In, in, yeah, yeah, Killmonger, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is a character that you actually root. I kind yeah. of ended up. You're going before. They need to yeah. bring oh, him back. Or when Bane was beating up Batman in The Dark Knight Rises, yeah, bro. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yes, bro. <laughs> yes, mate. When he when he going in Batbreak, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I love that. That was that was Undertaker. That was you were like, yeah. And then you got you got Heath or Ledger even as Heath, as well, Heath Ledger's like, a Joker. Yeah, you, you root for him as well as the, yeah. as the even though he's the lead Heath antagonist, man. And Thanos. Oh, Thanos was Thanos is crazy. Yeah, he's a psychopath. You know what I mean? He's one of them guys. Like he's never seen it. He's killing people. Yeah, but he swears on his life that he's doing good. Like you Mm. can't tell him that he's not. Like in his head, he's a good guy. There you go. That was my that was my question. It's a good question. I like movie stuff. I mean, I don't want to do it every episode, but why not? I could just do it every episode. Yeah, some popular culture. Yeah, people love you like your movies. Exactly. I was like, I think I'm safe. Whereas, like, sometimes people might come in here and they're like, now choices. It's a great fucking movie right there. That's what I mean. I love it's movies. I hate movie. when you do movie quotes and people don't know what it is. It's fucking uh, annoying. Dane, it's your, it's your question. To wrap up the, yeah, wrap my, up my the question show. A bit more basic, but obviously, Rance, big football fan and player. Uh. So, uh, seek your sage knowledge here. Yeah, 
So here's a scenario. You become head of youth football for the FA in the whole country. Yeah. What do you do with your first week in office? <laughs> Ooh, first week in office. I say this because I feel like the industry shading needs to be taken over, Rance. Yeah, no, so I understand. How, yeah, yeah. how would you change English football? Gross. That's a big challenge. Start, start, starting from youth level. Yeah, from grassroots, it's easy. Firstly, you've got to make sure the funding's there. Mm. Then you've got to make sure the access to the sport is there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there can't be any discrimination with that. There mm-hmm. needs to be access for all the kids around the country to be able to play football. Mm-hmm. A certain amount of time and with decent level equipment as well. So mm. make sure that the equipment's there. Make sure the balls are there. Make sure the bibs are there. The cones are there. Do you know what I mean? Most schools these days have a playing field. If they don't, they'll have a local sports centre or a leisure centre. Mm. They need to have access to these things, bro, because access is a big thing. Right. Especially yeah. in London. When you think that London is the most populous um, city in the United Kingdom, by far. Yeah. And when you look in the England team, yeah, how many players are, are London producing for, for England? It's embarrassing, mm. bro. Is it, is it really a low number? It's I'm just trying bad. to think it through. If you pick it's the England bad. team right now, if you pick right the England now, team right now, you go with the um, you go the, with the Harry guy. Kane and Raheem Sterling. They're the only yeah. London. That's it. Do you know what I mean? All the other black guys are from up north. You look where's, up. Where's Delhi from? Oh, oh no, Delhi's from down here. I forgot Delhi. Yeah. But then you look at like Kyle Walker is yeah. from Sheffield. Yeah, Jordan Henderson. Ju- um, Jordan Henderson's a, a Jordy or not a Jordy? Danny Rose is from, from London. Danny Rose from Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pickford's Pickford's uh, Mascalsa or something. Yeah, yeah. Lingard's not from Enzo. Lingard and Rashford, Rashford are from Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Welbeck's from Manchester. Yeah. Um, Vardy. Vardy again. I don't know where he's from. Uh, he's a yeah. he's a yeah, pikey he though. He could be from down here. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, but, I mean, it's fine. Like, but when you look at London, when from, you think that like London the, has the talent, isn't it? London has nearly eight times more people than the second most populous um, city in the United Kingdom, yeah. and they're not monopolizing when it when it comes to British players. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't make sense. And when you look around up north and that, that's where all the greenery is. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you look at like non-league football, yeah, yeah. you go up north. If you go to Manchester, you'll have 10 teams within a two-mile yeah. radius. Lan- Lancashire County has the that, most football teams. That people teams. can go to. Has right. the most football teams in the area, yeah. Because even like Jermaine Pennant that used to play for Arsenal, yeah, yeah. he's from Notts. But then yeah, if you go Nottingham, you've got Nottingham Forest, you've got Notts County, and then you've got Chesterfield, and then you've got like Derby County. You've got all these things yeah. that are very close that you can get to, man. You've got mm-hmm. Mansfield Town, yeah, like, loads yeah. of different things. And that's, that's, that's even in, that's, in that, London, those, those you've got tiers. Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Premier League teams, and then how many championship London clubs do you have? How many League One champ, um, London late, clubs do you have? How many League Two? You see what I'm saying? Charlton, uh, Mm. There you go. Yeah. That's it. QPR, maybe. That's the ma- West, isn't it? Fulham. Yeah. That's West. But that's QPR what I'm saying. Fulham, the majority yeah. of the teams in the football league are actually from either down south or up north. None of them are really London based. Yeah, yeah, and the thing saying. is, there's not really access to football. If you're a Londoner, if you're not good enough to play for these Premier League teams, there's not a lot. Where do you go? But if we we're gonna if we we're gonna try and change football in this country, I suppose what's the what, what are you trying to change? You want to you want to well, increase me, the quality of the, Brit- quality, the, the quality of football, football, yeah. Because this is the weird thing about uh, English English football is that arguably the access to the competencies of football and you know styles of football from all over the world are all based here because of the merit of the Premier League. Mm. So so far as like having the access to different styles of football, probably the biggest one here. Yeah. Yet England very similar in comedy is that on a club level one of the probably the best leagues in the world mm. but on a national level it's poor it's poor yeah to the point where there was a there was a time where like 
in discussions regarding sports with America, you'd be like, yeah, but you can't play soccer though, or you can't play football hmm. though. Yeah, but the, but they're, the rate better now. The rate at, the rate now. that America have progressed. Yeah. In the next twenty years, they'll be better than us. Oh, you're giving it. I think you're giving it being generous. I think that will happen even quicker. Yeah, no, I'm really saying that to America, give us a buffer. Need, I think yeah, it'd be in yeah. the next ten. But we because they America brought in Jurgen Klinsmann and he took them forward. They brought in Jurgen Klinsmann. Not to mention the fact that now again they are getting a competency of a lot of I guess quasi retired English footballers now playing in the MLS. Schweinsteiger's over there. Beckham went there first. Um, Pato is there. Um, Ronaldo will go there soon. Uh, Kaká yeah. was there as yeah. well. Ronaldo, and, definitely. Yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo will be there next the season. And at the same time, it's like, remember, talking about the United States of America, which borders, you know, Mexico. Mexico so they've got good Latin, Latin players there mm. as well. And it's not going to be hard to work out someone's visa. You know what I mean? And Pele played there. You get a few Uruguayans or Paraguayans and, you know, recruit But it is an interesting problem in the sense that, like, I've looked at this because I've been looking at like a, a documentary around this subject, which is like the stats, which I haven't got on me, of like mm. your chance of if you get signed at youth level at like 11 and then mm, going on like to be a It's like a million pro, to one or something. 0.03%. Yeah. It, of it, all the it, people that play football in the United mm. Kingdom, the odds of making it to professional But the problem comes back to the same thing, right? Which is that, and this is, you know, not my opinion. It just seems to be the problem yeah. in my, in what I can see anyway, is if you uh, want to be the best team in England, yeah. the best team in your league, yeah. then trying to develop young English talent or yeah. British talent is not the quickest way to do that. And to me, and that's what I'm saying. For me, it's insane because you look at a team. If you look at like the La Liga, for example, then at a time when Spain was enjoying like basically domination of global football, mm. Barcelona and Real Madrid were like eighty percent Spanish. Yeah. yeah. And and they're, and they're doing a lot at the moment. Exactly. There's a lot of good Spanish players coming exactly. up right now, aren't they? They're going to. I think they're going to be decent. The yeah, yeah or, but or, or, they, or, they, or they had their Germany. golden generation already. Yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Germany, Germany, or France now have more consistency. Are, are the teams now? They've got about four or five players. Yeah. Per Netherlands, like what for thing. Them? But that's what I mean. Oh, you know, the problem with the, the problem with Netherlands was that a lot of because of the structure of their league, a lot of foreign teams were taking their talent young. Yeah, and taking them out, and then they weren't flourishing to the levels because they weren't getting played. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before, in the in Ajax's glory days, these guys still had the top players. Mm. football as well, and, yeah, and yeah. that's what I mean. But now, um, a lot of Premiership clubs, like German clubs, are coming and plucking their players yeah, young, yeah. and then they're not developing to the level that they would have developed if they stayed at home because there's too mm. much money in the game. Yeah. That's what it is now. Players are moving for the money now. It's the same as. Um, in France as well, like there was a there was a time where players like Karim Benzema and that, like he come up, he played in France, he done his thing, then he got his move to Real Madrid. Now guys are getting plucked from France at eighteen years old. Well, well, this Kylian, is the... Kylian Mbappe is a whole Mbappe, yeah, yeah, remember he stayed in France. Luckily, Mbappe. But the mm. thing is, these guys are getting plucked so young, and if they go to a team and it doesn't work out for them and they sit on the bench for three, four years, it stunts their development. Sinclair, do you know what I'm saying? There you go. But well, Scott Sinclair was an idiot. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he was at Swansea, he was the main man, and then he saw the checks and went to Man City to sit on the bench. Yeah. And a lot of players are doing that now. Celtic. Celtic now. Are you kidding me? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. I mean, on the one hand, it's like, I understand, I, the sentiment is like, why for the money? Mm. But I guess it's a short... It is a, it is a short career. career but, it's, but it depends what your legacy wanted to be. Yeah. But. But going back to the original thought, which is like, mm. how would you make uh, us better at football in yeah. this country in a way you have to start from the bottom it's yeah. all about access yeah. it's all about accessibility and obviously like football is traditionally a working class sport I'm starting to see now that it's not it's, it's becoming more middle class like I've got a friend who's some place for um, QPR now when you go to training dads are pulling up in Ferraris and all that that never used to be the case of course. we used to have to get the train there yeah, yeah. but now 
you've got a lot of um, working class kids that can't get to training. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've got I, a single I mean, parent at home... Actually, for me, that, that kind of affects a lot of people's yeah. opportunities to play football if they can't yeah. even get to the grounds. Because I say that because, like, one of the things... I, I met uh, a Leon, Leon Legg, who's, uh, who plays for, for like Cambridge and stuff. Yeah. And he was saying that it's like... Another weird thing I've noticed with English football is that while we are happy for this influx of, like, foreign talent, yeah. it's like English footballers would rather play, like, in lower leagues rather than go to continental Europe where they can be playing in their equivalents of Premier Leagues yeah, and getting more Champions exactly. League practice. Exactly, whereas I, I went abroad. Rather go ride a bench, ride a bench. Yeah. Or, but that's what I mean. It's like, you know, uh, why are we not shipping these guys out yeah. in order for them to gain more? Well, it's so. a combination of the snobbery, yeah, yeah, of the people in this country. They think, well, the be- this is the best league, so if we go anywhere else, everywhere else is shit, which is not the truth. Mm. And also, the, the style of living, the culture, and just living your life, brother, is so much more fun abroad. Mm. As a foreign player, man, you get looked after different and you see a no, different some style. Go, some of them go, didn't they? Yeah, some of them, but not really. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but them <laughs> man are mercenaries, though. Like, they I mean, man, man go to Russia and go to Russia, they go just to places where they money, but like, they got nah. time to the point where. Do you know what I mean? I went really to Sweden like, when it wasn't cool to go to Sweden. Yeah, and, yeah. Now, and now, like, when Arsenal played Ostersund the other day, there was another um, English lad playing for Ostersund. When I was mm, over yeah. there, there was about six of us. Do you know what I'm saying? Chuka Akpoms, have you seen Belgium, maybe. Now? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Do you know what I mean? Like it happens. Like United had a feeder club, Antwerp in Belgium. Like mm-hmm. you send people out there. Like that's what these kids need to do. But also here, there needs to be access. I remember when I was playing for Fulham. Yeah, I'm from Northwest London, and I was having to trek to bloody Southwest on my own yeah, as no as a nine year old. You know them ones there yeah, yeah. because my mom was at work. Yeah. So that's, that's what I mean. It's like, it's like, like would yeah. you put your nine year old kid on the bus now in this day and age? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, mission as well right? you see yeah, what like, i'm trying to say when you're going all stockwell sides and that and, and you're from house then it's mad of course exactly. Do you know what i mean and like i remember like when i had to go up to to tottenham i think i went to southgate because that's where the tottenham academy were training yeah went to fucking southgate bruv Do you know what i mean like, at 11 years out old there as well it's like not near it's any the end point, of yeah. the piccadilly yeah, line yeah. bruv like and, and that's what i mean it's like for me it's, it's kind of like just that level of investment whereby like you know you if you play football well enough in america and i mean their football they've got scholarships that can, and that though even with soccer to college. so even if you don't decide yeah. to do play in the NFL you yeah. can still use the sports as that an is the way that. that England could get better that's the reason say, why yeah. that's yeah. the reason why America are going to surpass England yeah. by, because, because they invest in it and that's what I mean it's their just, feeder clubs are their schools bro. Yeah. Their, their, um, their yeah. reserves yeah or their their feeder clubs are actually their universities every major league whether it's basketball American football, soccer, athletics, whatever you you call it, yeah. These guys have got scholarships and they pick these guys up from the universities. Yeah, so yeah. because of that, they're getting an education and their facilities. Manchester United uses a UCLA facilities when they go into America. Like these guys' facilities are better than mm, exactly. the professional that's a, that's club teams in this country. And then what I was gonna say to you as well, yeah. So then like if you so if you play basketball in the States, for example, mm. like maybe as well as playing for your high school team, whatever, there's like all American games and like all star games. Yeah. yeah. Is there the equivalent? And they've got over like here? March Madness as is there, well. Is there, which equi- is, sick. Is, is there the equivalent over here where like it's, if you're not in an academy for like one of the London teams or something like that, mm. is there like, because I know growing up people say like I pay for district or, you know, they yeah, pay for the county. Yeah, yeah. that's I, why you're at school. But is there is there a lot of investment in that though? Nah, there's not. There's not. Like, you know what I mean? The district thing is right. If you're playing more for your school team, you get picked up. Like I played for Brent. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm. And. That's all it is. It's rubbish. And now they've got a few things like now they're saying Glenn Hoddle's got an academy, and I don't even yeah, know if he had still, it in Spain for years. Yeah, I don't even it? know if that's still running. But even them academies, they're people that were in pro clubs and they've been released. Do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. people 
that have just been out and about that you've been yeah. scouting yeah. and you pick up. So you mentioned because you mentioned Jamie Vardy for example. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know this is somebody who story. Yeah, well, non-league. yeah, non-league story. Yeah, he's, he's similar yeah. to Ian Wright. Yeah, the way so, yeah, he broke yeah. right. Or my man who plays for uh, West Ham now, I think it is. Uh, is that Antonio or something? Oh, Mikel Antonio. Mikel yeah. Antonio. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few of those stories now, but I, I think, I don't know. It's I mean, very I, rare. As, a, yeah, as just a football fan, you know, you just have a particular view of it. And, yeah. and, and this, the, the kind of grassroots stuff, you're, there's obviously a truth about that. But I, I can't help but think that one of the problems that's kind of coming up in the English game is this kind of like spend money as much as you can to get success as quickly as you can. And, yeah. and what that facilitates is a, is a lack of attachment to the players so oh, as an Arsenal fan yeah. you know I've watched over like however many years players come in who you know it doesn't matter that they're not from England or yeah. not from Arsenal but they're mediocre they're, they're, foreigners they're, 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 as well yeah well no, it's just it's just it's just that I don't have a mm, identity with them yeah. whereas like Wiltshire as much as he and no offence Jack Wiltshire if you ever listen to this mm. seem like a bit of a dickhead at yeah, times to me yeah, yeah, yeah. then he's a good player but he's, he's a good a player dick, but his yeah. attitude has been questionable many yeah. times you 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 still feel an attachment to him because you can see how much yeah, yeah. it means more he to him. He cares about it, yeah. So yeah. then look at the City kid. What's his name? Is it Foden? Yeah, Foden, yeah. You've you seen this kid play, right? This yeah, he's guy a is, yeah, yeah. it's like, he doesn't look like he plays, he doesn't like his English, like in the way yeah. he plays. Same he's, like Jack. Jack, yeah. you can tell he's English because he's got that spite about him in a tackle. But, but he's got yeah. on the flow. Ball. This guy's he's got amazing. flow. Mm. Phil Foden is there, yeah, right? Yeah. Now he's that guy, is he going to get to play for City? And is there, if there was a quota or a way of the wage cap or whatever, the, you know, the way it works in the NBA where, the, you know, mm. look at the... I don't There's know if a salary watched, cap in the NBA. Yeah. They've got it in MLS But too. you watch the NBA yeah. and... Yeah, only it. three players are allowed to break the salary cap. But you watch the NBA yeah. and if it was all about just like buying all the best, you know, blah, 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 and, yeah, and you got to trade. But the way that, the, the way it's worked in the NBA this season, if you keep up to date with it, yeah, like some of the rookies have been just ridiculous. Like the guys... Every year in the NBA, do you always get rookies yeah. that... But this year... Keep, th- but it keeps it more exciting because like the draft and the draft as well. Like if your team performs the worst, you get the first pick of players in the next draft. Like mm. it keeps it exciting because America's a lot Definitely. more invested in the competitive nature of sport. Absolutely. So I guess when everyone feels like they have a chance and their team has a chance, people become more ensconced with the whole thing. Whereas like for me, it's like, even for a long time with Arsenal, it's almost like as a supporter, you're like, kind of glad they like this because it was like being at limbo when it's like you're not good enough to be top three mm. but you're not but you're not bad you're better than the other teams so it's like Arsenal almost existed as a, at a level where it's like probably maybe too good for Europa but yeah, not good not enough good for enough Champions, Champions League, League. Yeah, yeah as well as saying, you know, Spurs fans I mean this is getting very <laughs> specific but yeah. like Spurs fans it's like I don't see how they're saying they're win- winning by being Third, like, but that's you want to win a trophy, don't you? That's what all you ever remember. But that's all time, I remember. But, 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 there's, but there's some obviously there's a lot of esteem associated with that climb because remember yeah, they were perspective because they were the ugly sister of North yeah, London. They were mid-table team. Yeah. They were a laughing stock, and now they're comfortably better than Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Comfortably, definitely. You know but I mean? you still, still, surely it's all about winning. It is all about winning, but you got to realize when you come from as low down as they've come, yeah. like this is a win for them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's all perspective. I mean, I remember and. To them, I mean, this is all new stimulus, so they're only recently getting used to having an influx of like Champions League money and television rights. So, whereas Arsenal yeah. was at the point where it's like, we're going to be in Champions League, yawn, don't care. To yeah. the point well, where I didn't, I didn't take, care because we never were going to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a period where we looked like we could win it. When you United knocked us out of semis, that was like the last time you thought Arsenal might have a chance. Yeah. But like now, forget it. But um, by the time this podcast comes out, we might know who the new, new Arsenal manager is. So. I'm not bothered to be honest with you, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because who, who's going who's gonna to go? Who's going to take there's yeah, a, the, the time when rumors the time when another manager? But the thing is, for me, the time when another a manager would have taken this job mm. has passed. 
So the window where yeah, they'd be like attractive someone anymore. to attract, yeah, someone that could be attracted to resurrect uh, an ailing Arsenal or mm. maintain it that steam that yes. was coming out. He's he like Wenger let that go to the point where like that UEFA final would have been his last hurrah. Europa mm. League, Europa League would have been the last thing. Ah, you're gonna kind of have some respect, but. You're living, you lift your own legacy in, in tatters, man. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, you, went, you went out like Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> like, we respect you, but you, you, you should have left on the high. <laughs> no, for sure. I agree. I agree. Those are three different questions tonight. That was different. Yeah, that was a, we had bad movie bad guys racism and football. That's, that's, that's variety. Yeah. That's yeah. what the show's about. It's all good. It's all good. Range. It's Range. Good. That's it's it. everything. Bad guys racism on football. You everything. throw it together, you got John Terry in it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, John. Looking forward to having you on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, thanks for coming in, mate. No problem, man. Thank you, thank you. Any, you want anything you want to plug? All good, man. Just we'll send people know. to your channel. Yeah, yeah that's and, it. And listen, check out check out the channel, man. And uh, yeah, YouTube, the Twitter. And if you want to buy merch, put it, it directly in Rance's pocket. Don't send it to the socials, them. <laughs> yeah, don't bankroll. Don't bankroll. Mark Zuckerberg. Just give it straight to the man himself. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for coming on as well, bro. I appreciate no, no, it, big man. Up, man. Anytime. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at DaneBaptweets. Our guest was Ransom Bantz. You can follow Rance on Twitter at Ransom Bantz. The show was produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. The show was mixed and music produced by Faye Saki. You can follow him at Official O'Fay. We recorded at the Dairy Studios. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.